Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. us to sit down on God and the enemy is pleased when we are robbed of the spirit of almighty God the enemy checks off victory when we come into the house of the Lord and we don't even stand up to praise the Lord and raise a holy hand the world applauds us when we ignore the Lord but I'm so glad I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I know that I am here for the grace of God. And there's nothing in this world, nothing, 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 nothing that I would trade in for a relationship with Almighty God. So if you're here and you don't know what's going on, ask God to reveal unto you what you need to do. Ask God to fill you with His Spirit so that you can serve Him in spirit and in truth. 
Ask God to search your heart and show you what needs to be removed. Ask God to show you where you stand in his kingdom. I thank God for this humbling experience every week of standing here in this pulpit to declare God's holy word. I thank God for the blessing of my church family. I thank God for those volunteers behind the scenes who work hard all week and serve in silence so that we might orchestrate worship. I thank God for the individuals who show up when they don't feel like it. I thank God for the individuals who neglect their homes and families so that Pleasant Grove Church will move forward. And I thank God for those who have made the church a priority. Let us pray. Most holy and everlasting God, there is no worship without you. Thank you for revealing yourself unto us, O oh God. <laughs> thank you for showing up for us time and time and time again. And Lord, when we are negligent, selfish, and ignore you, you show up anyway. And you continue to bless us, O oh God. Cleanse us of ourselves. Cleanse us, O oh God, of our attitudes and our spirits that are not of you. Cleanse us, God, so that you can use us to glorify your name on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, right now, by the power of your word, we cast down all demons who would come against us. And we ask, O oh God, right now, that you would give your people the gift of clarity and I ask, oh God, that you will speak to each heart under the sound of my voice. And Father, I pray that you will use me as a vessel of worship to speak to your people. Whatever it is, oh God, that I need from you, give it to me right now. And Lord, I will forever and ever and ever and ever praise your holy name. Because you are truly worthy to be praised. It is in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I was going to wear my cute shoes today. And then the Holy Spirit told me you shouldn't put those on. Because you might step out of, you might get out of those shoes today. And I said, Lord, you think I'm going to shout all over the pulpit? I don't know. But that was so much fire in this word, Lisa. I was going, okay, Lord. So I wore my comfortable shoes. So if I need to step out and go down there with Miss Coleman and dance a little bit in the spirit, I got to go down there. You want to see rhythm, look, hang around Miss Coleman for a day or two. And she, when she gets stirred up, she's stirred up. Hey, hallelujah. As I was working on my sermon, I glanced down at the bottom of my computer and I noticed that I was on page 58. And the Holy Spirit said to me, no way Pleasant Grove Church is going to let you preach a sermon that's 58 pages long. I said, okay. I said, but Lord, they need to know what I know and what you told me. The Lord said, well, you better split it up then. So I said, you know your people. Don't go in there trying to give no one-hour sermon. I don't care what you say. I said, okay, Lord. So you know what I decided to do, Brian? I am creating my own mini-series on love. And I decided... I'm so excited. I'm, I'm decided that I'm going to preach a mini-series baking on love until the Lord tells me to stop. And I'm so excited about this. 
And I've also done something else for my note takers. We have note takers in our congregation. We have people who take notes and tell me the things that I've said. There are people who send me text messages and give me feedback on my sermons. There are people who send me messages to give me clarity and focus, and I appreciate that for them. So I've decided that the note takers, I will give Paula in our office my notes. And you will get a personal copy of my mini-series, so you don't have to write down all the notes and all the sermons. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited about my spiritual growth. Are you? Hallelujah, Lord. I'm happy about what God is doing in my life. And I'm happy that God is showing me what love really looks like. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. One of the things that I have observed that most of us never understand what love looks like. And most of us do not identify with what Jesus is saying. When Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that's so easy to say. But it sometimes feels difficult to do. And as I read this text over and over again, the question I lift from it is, have you ever been in love? And one of my favorite poems about love is from the prophet, a book called The Prophet by Cahil Jerome. And Cahil Jerome said to say, Almatra, speak to us of love. And he raised his head and looked upon the people, and there fell a stillness upon them. And with a great voice, he said, when love beckons to you, follow him. And though his ways are hard and steep, and when his wings enfold you, yield to him. And though the sword hidden among his pinions may wound you, and when he speaks to you, believe in him. And though his voice may shatter your dreams as the north wind lays waste to the garden, for even as love crowns you, so shall he crucify you. And even as he is for your growth, so is he for your pruning. Even as he ascends to your height and caresses your tender branches that quiver in the sun, so shall he descend to your roots and shake them in their clinging to the earth. Like sheaves of corn, he gathers you unto himself. He threshes you to make you naked. He gives you to free you from your husk. And he grinds you to whiteness. And he kneads you until you are palatable. And then he assigns you to his sacred fire that you may become sacred for God's sacred feast. All these things shall love do unto you that you may know the secrets of your heart. And in that knowledge become a fragrant of life's heart. There's more, but you'll have to read it on your own. And I will send you the information. Then I decided that I wanted to look at some great poets to see what they have to say about love. Maya Angelou said, I am grateful to have been loved and to be loved now and to be able to love because love liberates. She said that she learned what love looked like from her mother. And that love gives space and freedom for the other people to find themselves and to be themselves. Love is freedom. Michelle Obama said, love is a choice. 
We choose love for our children. We choose to love our country. We choose to love our citizens and our neighbors. Love is more than a feeling. It is a gift that we give. Langston Hughes describes love as a thing that is often painful and unrequited, but still a blessing to experience and feel. Love is having no regrets. Matcha Shang, author of For Colored Girls, who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough, says, but through her work that she let us realize that love is a journey toward finding and appreciating yourself for everything you are. Love is a divine act of self-care. In other words, you can't love and give what you don't have. Love, according to Beyonce, you all know about this song, the album Lemonade, and you know what happened. I don't have to go there because I know you what happens to Beyonce. You already know that. She said that love is an endless act of forgiveness. And forgiveness is me giving up the right to hurt you for hurting me. And she also said that love sometimes means forgiving someone who has hurt you and choosing, hear me, to love them even though they have not done the same for you. Octavia Butler says that paradise is one's own place and one's own people, one's own world. Knowing and known, perhaps even loving and love, she explains how to recognize love by how it feels. Lucille Clifton said in her poem, The Lessons of the Fallen Trees is beautiful. I can't read it all, but I hope you will. And she says that the leaves believe such letting go is love, such love is faith, such faith is grace, and grace is God. I agree with the leaves. And what she's saying is that the falling leaves tell us stories about love. Bell Hook said, to truly love, we must learn to mix various ingredients. Care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment, trust, as well as honesty and open communication. In other words, when you hear these examples, they give explicit examples about what love looks like to them. But at the end of the day, I have discovered that our definition of love is not always biblically grounded and godly. Because many of us have never seen love. We have never experienced love. We have not lived in environments where we have been affirmed. If you look around, unfortunately, many of us live and die without ever having an opportunity to experience God's agape love. It is almost impossible to replicate what you have not seen. It is impossible for you to give what you have not received unless you get it from the Holy Spirit. Some people are in abusive relationships and because they are abused or get a little attention, they live in the abuse. And some see abuse as love because that's all they really know. Some see a little attention as better than nothing at all. As a counselor, I see it all the time that people are in relationships not because they're being loved and embraced, it's because they don't know that they have other choices. You see, it's hard for you, somebody else, to love you when you don't love yourself. 
And when you don't love yourself enough to say that I'm God's child and I'm worthy to be treated a certain way. Some have been molested physically and intellectually and emotionally because they lacked power. And many in our world have only known what they thought was love, but it turned into something else. Some have been sold into sex trafficking. Here, even in the state of North Carolina. But if you've never been embraced by love, you don't know what it's like. Some have been brainwashed to believe that they will never be worthy, no matter how they try. And the enemy loves these situations because you'll accept anything from anybody at any time. Some will commit suicide because they do not see a positive future and no one speaks truth into them. And many of us struggle in marital relationships because we're trying to give something we don't have and we're trying to duplicate something we have not seen. Let the church say amen. And even if personal relationships is everything has always been about you, then it's unlikely that the other person will get anything fruitful from you. I've seen people spend $40,000, $50,000 to get married. A year later, it didn't work out. It didn't work out because I didn't know how to do that. It didn't work out because I don't know how to respect you. It didn't work out because I don't know how to serve my wife. It didn't work out because as a husband, I don't know what that looks like. It didn't work out because in my household, all I said was, well, you're not, you're not going to ever be anything. Your daddy was nothing. Your uncle is nothing. Your mama is nothing. So you walk away with nothing. But that's why the church is important. And that's why it's important for us to come to a place of affirmation because the world wants us to believe that we're worthless and nobody loves us. And so what Jesus keeps telling us over and over again is that I want you to love the Lord with all your heart, A-L-L, all your heart. The Lord, the Jesus didn't say love J. Preston with all your heart. Jesus said love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. And what Jesus is saying, once you get love right with God, it will be right with everybody else. Oh, come on, Jesus is saying is that once you get your relationship with me right, you will do what's right. One of the things that I've learned as a pastor is that uh, people abuse the church. I'm going to say it again. People, God's people, abuse the church. I have the gift of giving. It gives me great joy. I give because God tells me, what to give, when to give, and who to give it to. And the blessing I get is that most people think that I'm a fool because I'm giving to them, and they have won, or they have something on me, and I walk away going, praise the Lord that I have done what God called me to do. And what I'm saying is that love makes you do what's right in spite of the way people treat you. What I'm saying is that when you love the Lord, you will say and do what's right in spite of what you have received. 
What I'm saying is that when you love the Lord, you get over yourself and you get up and everything that you do, you want to magnify the Lord. So, Lord, let magnify your spirit in me. Show me how to love my spouse. Show me how to love my family. Show me how to love my church. Show me how to speak to those, oh God, in a song of love that you are praised of. So we walk around impotent in regards to love. We walk around and some of us never know that there's a difference between being in love and loving someone. And if you go and read the psychology of love, you will find that we make things up according to our own history, our own patterns, Reverend Tony, and our own pain. There are different types of love, and during my series, I will preach about and teach about each one. If you're wondering what it means to be in love, loving another person, read on to learn that what the experts have to say is that there's a psychology behind love. You may have used the phrase being in love and loving someone interchangeably, but there's a difference between being in love. You ever had a friend call you to tell you how excited they are that they're in love? They met someone, I know he's the right one, I know it's going to be all right, I got this, and you go, oh, okay. And in about two months they say, you know, it just didn't work out. <laughs> I, I didn't think he, he wasn't what I thought, you know, he wasn't what I thought. Somehow, if you're really in love, how do you fall out of love so quickly? So being in love, you love someone. Being in love means you might fade in and out based on how you feel. When you're in love, you care about the emotions and the other person. When you're in love, you're just in love for that moment. When you love somebody, Bacon, you love them regardless of how they treat you. You love them regardless of whether or not they say thank you. You love them whether or not they do the right thing because you are being coached by the Holy Spirit of God. Being in love will fade sometimes. Being in love, church, what I said, will fade sometimes. But once you have the love of God, oh, once you have the gift of love, once you know what love is all by yourself, nothing can take the place of that presence. So being in love might be temporary, it feels good, it's affectionate, it sounds good, but is there any substance? I love you when you bake my favorite pie. I love you when you take me out for a romantic dinner. I love you when you show up with gifts on the credit card that you couldn't afford. I love you when you tell me that I look good and I yeah, know I look bad. I love you because in this moment, this is what I need from you. And what I'm saying, church, it's time for the church to be honest and stop duplicating the model of love in the world. It doesn't work for God. God has a standard. God has a standard. God has a standard. And it never changes regardless of who you are and who I am. And what's beautiful about God is that God's love is unwavering. Have you ever loved somebody and then you realize one day they didn't love you because you hurt their feelings? Or you did something that you didn't even know you did, but they stopped loving you? Can you imagine God treating you the same way? 
you imagine God said, I'm breaking up with you today because you didn't tithe. You haven't tithed in 10 years, so I'm going to take everything you have. You've been lying to me all these years that you're going to get there, and you just haven't made any difference, so I'm going to just cut you off. And then I'm going to see how much you're going to really love me. See, what we do is we try to manipulate God the way we manipulate in the world and in relationships, and it will never, never, never work. There are six Old Testament passages that demonstrate God's love. And I also might say is that at the end of my mini-series, it's my expectation that you will have your own definition of what God's love looks like. And you will have your own critique of your own life. The first scripture, I'll give it to you, is Nehemiah 9.17. You are God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. The second scripture is Jonah. Chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. You all know the story. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, preach to the people. Jonah said, I don't want to go. God said, I didn't ask you what you want to do. I told you to go. The scripture says that let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his finger, anger, fierce anger so that we may not perish. God saw what they did, how they turned from that evil way. God relented of the disaster, and then he said what he would do to them. And you know what I found out is God will do saying whatever God says God's going to do. God says, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be blessed. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. I like this scripture. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. And then he goes on to say, when you pass through the waters. Oh, I love that. You ever pass through the waters? <laughs> Every day I find myself passing through the waters. When I pa you pass through the water, I will be with you. When you pass through the waters, I will be there. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you because I am God. And when you walk through the fire, Reverend Bell, you shall not be burned. Oh, my God, that's enough there, right there. That's it right now. Come to Bible study. That's enough right there to worship God. That's enough right there to pray your way through. And the flame shall not consume you. You hear what I'm saying? The flame of the world will not consume you, classroom, because I am your God. I am leading you, and I'm guiding you, and I'm directing you. And when you check in with me, I will show you where the demons are. And I will protect you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 54.10. For the mountains may depart. And the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, and the love has compassion on you. I've had people say to me, what's wrong with you? You're different. What's happening with you? I said, I am different. The pandemic has given me the gift of time with God. And in that time, I've been asking God, show me, God, who I am and where I am and what you want me to do. Show me, God, how 
I can be a blessing to a dying and dark world in your name. Show me, God, the people that I need to pray with and be present for. Show me, God, the people who don't mean anything in my life and they're just wasting my time. Show me who they are, oh God, so I can move on to somebody else who wants to learn about you and love you and live according to your divine plan. Show me, God, my deceitful ways. This is in Jeremiah 17. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? For I, the Lord, search your heart. You see, when you do your own heart surgery, you don't see the dirt. You don't see what's there. That's why you have to have a surgeon who's objective and has the powerful spiritual instruments to see what is there and to show you. And then number six in the Old Testament scriptures, Nahum, N-A-H-U-M, says the Lord is good. The Lord is good. How many of you know that the Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble? Oh, come on. How many of you really know that in the day of trouble, God is a stronghold? In other words, it's time for us to get our relationship with God right. God called me. I serve at Pleasant Grove Church. God called you. And God will lead and guide and direct you if you choose to listen to the Lord. And that's why Jesus keeps saying the same thing over and over and over again. Because in other words, Jesus is saying, if you don't love God, it's impossible for you to give what you don't have. Jesus said, there's no greater love that can be expressed than to, than to lay down your life for your neighbor. So Jesus is saying, once God gives you all of this love and displays all this love to you, you have to bless somebody else. Let me say it again. Once God blesses you, gives you the gift of love, you got to pass it on. How many of us have ever laid down our lives for anybody? How many of us have ever made sacrifices that hurt? How many of us have made sacrifices that caused us to cry in the midnight hour because God told us that's what to do? How many of us have done the right thing but nobody took time to even say thank you? How many of us have prayed all night long and shown up for people to do what the Lord says over and over and over again? That's why you have to be clear that you serve God, not the people of this world. Because God will give you everything you need to do that job. We have to be clear and we can't choose bacon who we're going to love. Because Jesus said that once you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, then you get it right. What have you laid down for God lately? What have you given up? Who have you embraced in love because God embraced you? Who have you picked up off the ground to tell them that I don't know where you've been, I don't know how it happened, all I know is I love you in the name of Jesus. How many times have you asked yourself, Lord, why are you asking me to do this? Because the Lord said, I gave you, I gave you 
I gave you, I gave you, I gave you. I gave you my only begotten son. Listen, I gave you my only begotten son so that you might have life. And this is all you got? This is all you show up with? I gave you everything. I gave you your mansion. I gave you your family. I gave you your job. I gave you vacations around the world. I blessed you with children. I blessed you with family. I blessed you with everything you thought you want, and you still don't love me. But then God is so good that God doesn't strip us when we don't do the right thing. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Aren't you glad that God has not given you the sentence you deserve? Aren't you glad that God hasn't revealed your selfishness? Aren't you glad that in spite of your lifestyle and in spite of what you really are, that God keeps loving you over and over again? Oh, you ought to give God some praise. Aren't you glad that God's love is constant? It's the same every morning. It's not like some of us. I might love you on Monday, but Tuesday might not be the same. They call it Stormy Monday. Some of us are so caught up with the world and the blues and love songs that we don't realize that's just a love song. A love song which sets you up for what I want from you. But I'm here to remind you that love takes a home-cooked meal to the sick and shut-in. I'm here to remind you that love gives so that we can dig wells in Uganda so God's people can have clean water. I'm here to remind you that love gives so that people who are in the midst of a storm can find some relief from the people of God. I'm here to say that love initiates visitors to the sick and shut in. Love places somebody else in a forward position before you. Love knows when to be quiet. Love knows when to speak. Love knows when to pardon. Love embraces truth. Love does not boast in well-doing. And love moves us beyond our human limitations. Love takes us to places we will never go because we can't go there in human effort with the alchemy love when God blesses us to love. So all I'm saying to you today that if you're gonna fall in love, fall in love with God. If you're gonna fall in love, fall in love with Jesus. If you're gonna fall in love, fall in love with somebody who loves you. If you're gonna fall in love, rise up early in the morning and say, God, I love you, I need to hear from you today. If you love God, show the evidence in your life. Show the evidence in how you serve. Show the evidence in how you treat God's people. Show the evidence in the way you smile. Show the evidence in the way you show up. Show the evidence in your humility. And show the evidence by making a sacrifice. If it doesn't hurt. It really isn't a sacrifice sometimes. Sometimes we consider a sacrifice what I don't need anymore. We consider a sacrifice what our leftovers. We consider a sacrifice this is what you can have because I don't want it. 
But I remind you again that Jesus said, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And who is my neighbor? What did Jesus say? Everybody that I position in your life is your neighbor. Everybody that I show to you. So my prayer for you and me is that we fall in love with Jesus and we don't just sing love songs that sound good. That we fall in love with Jesus and we get free coaching on how to love the unlovable, how to touch the untouchable. Praise team, you can get ready. We're closing. I was looking at um, CNN last night in the 9-11 memorial. And the song, Her, was, I finally figured out who Her is, you know, with the glasses and she sings and she plays. She's so talented. I'm glad when God shows me something and I understand what the Lord said. So last night, Her had on Jessica, her, her glasses and her long hair, and she was singing with this gold outfit on. And I said, wow, she's pretty. And she sang a song that I have never paid attention to before, and it's called Love's In Need of Love Today. It was written by Stevie Wonder. And it was written on Friday, September 21st, 2001, after the disaster. It says, good morning or evening. Here's your friendly announcer. I have serious news to pass on to everybody, and what I'm about to say could mean the world's disaster could change your joy and laughter to tears and pain. Is that love is in need of love today. Don't delay. Send yours in right away. Hate going round, breaking many hearts. Stop it, please, before it's gone too far. The force of evil plans to make you its possession, and it will if we let it destroy everybody. We all must take precautionary measures. If love and peace you treasure, then you will hear what I say. That love is in need of love today. Don't delay. Send yours right away. Hate going around, breaking hearts. It's time to stop. But send love because the love is in need of life today. And so my message to you is let love rise up in you. Don't delay. Send love right now, wherever you are, in the name of Jesus. Don't make any more excuses. Well, I would, but no, there are no excuses. So I'm presenting you the challenge to accept the challenge to love as God and love everybody the way that God loves you. May God bless your efforts, and I love you. Amen. Amen. The doors of the church are open. And we've all heard the challenge that Pastor has just given us. Will this be the day that you fall back in love with Jesus? Or will it be the day that you fall in love with Jesus for the first time? 
Today's your day. And we're standing here in a sacred place. As someone in the sanctuary or streaming online will make that decision that they want to fall in love with Jesus. Pastor said in the word that we're able to show love to all. But we first have to have that love in our hearts that God has given us. Amen. So the doors open. Anyone at this time who wants to come now and give their life to our Lord and Savior. The doors are open. And if you made that conscious decision on today, one of our deacons here in the front will show you and put you on the path to becoming a disciple of Christ. And for those who are streaming online, there's just a couple things you can do right now where you are, wherever you're standing, wherever you're sitting, the sound of my voice. Go ahead and admit that you are a sinner that you want to be saved. Believe that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died for your sins and rose on that third day. And finally, just confess that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is Lord of all. Amen. And if you do that on today, guess what? You're saved. You are saved. If you believe that with your mind and heart, you are saved. And if you have made that decision today, streaming online, we ask you right now that you email us and put salvation in the subject, in the subject line. And then someone will contact you and also assist you in your new journey to Christian discipleship. Amen. The doors are open. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.